the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money. Money. And more money. I am your Count de Monet, so to speak. The money. It's AM 1220 KDOW. AM 1220 KDOW. Again, just getting through the morning. Trying to do it on a reasonable level. Trying not to get people too riled up, too upset, too caught up. Too emotional, too greedy, too fearful. Money is not a bad thing. Investing is a wonderful thing if you want to retire and live with some class. My fear is retiring and doing what my mom does. My mom's a shut-in. You know, she doesn't get out much. She's had a couple strokes. So I don't want to be that person. Dow's up 23 this morning. NASDAQ up 8. S&P 500 up 2. So we have an up morning. I told you that the first Friday of every month is a big Friday. It's the day we get the unemployment numbers, the employment numbers, jobs growth. U.S. employment grew solidly for a third straight month, and that makes trend. One month could be an aberration. One month can be, you know, it, it rained a lot the, the month before and people just didn't come out. One month could be a hurricane displaced workers and uh, they didn't go file for unemployment. One month could be a hurricane and people had to rebuild the city. But three months is meaningful job growth. When something happens once, it's a phenomenon. When something happens twice, it's a coincidence. When something happens three times, it's a trend. That's a rule of thumb in the world of journalism and it's something that you have to go with and, and grasp and, and feel pretty good about. So these numbers this morning, out. Pretty good. But we'll talk about those in context in just a moment. There's a bank underneath the building that I broadcast in, and uh, every now and then I feel like like an, a big thump, but I'm thinking someone's robbing the bank. Anyway, uh, today's the third anniversary of that big bottom in the market that happened after the credit fear situation. When we had a credit crisis in the United States, a lot of people panicked. A lot of people sold at the bottom. A lot of people thought we were going to hell in a handbasket. You get into trouble on Wall Street by being emotional. The Dow and the S&P 500 have doubled since that bottom. 
So if you were a buyer when other people were sellers, you've done phenomenally well. If you consistently bought while other people were selling, you've done phenomenally well. So the Dow is the best performer over that time. It's up. Uh, American Express, for instance, is up 400%. That's pretty impressive, huh? Hewlett Packard has the un- ungratifying distinction of being the loser in the Dow during that period of time. In the last three years, they're down 3.5%. The deadline for the Greek bond swap has passed, 85.8% participation. So we're still waiting to see if a so-called collective action clauses will be activated, forcing holdouts to participate. The body that decides whether credit events have occurred, triggering credit default swap payouts, will decide the event. So we're still not totally sure that Greek has been bailed out, that they've defaulted in an orderly context. Economists are looking for gains of about 213,000 in non-farm payrolls this morning, and we got them. Cruise operator Carnival Corporation is out with quarterly earnings. A little bit better than expected. Starbucks and Green Mountain. Oh, boy, this is a doozy. You know, um, Green Mountain has that, that single cup coffee maker called the Keurig Coffee Maker. And you buy these little pods of coffee. And it makes your coffee perfectly the right temperature. Which I don't know. See, I'm, I'm not a coffee snob, so I don't know exactly what the perfect right temperature is. Maybe it's like 160, let's say, for Pete's sake, that, that I'm right. But Starbucks has come out with a single-serving-at-home coffee brewing system as well. So Starbucks up 6%, Green Mountain down 14 15%. So there's some good, you know, exciting little stories. Yesterday, teen retailer Aeropostale, they earned 44 cents a share for the fourth quarter, 12 cents above expectations. Taking a look at, uh, you know, this morning, the February payroll gain of about 227000 233000 in the private sector was a bit higher than expected. The December and January increases were both revised modestly higher. Our economy is doing fine. And with that said, our stock market is going to be just fine. The employment numbers were still at 8.3% unemployment. And that's, that's high. That's historically high. But we're moving in the right direction. We're creating jobs. The risk of a double dip recession is over. It's been reduced. It's been pushed out. Bank of America today has reached a deal for 200,000 households to reduce their mortgage balances. This is an example of how the most critical factor in repairing the damage done by the credit crisis of 2008 is time. So three years ago, the credit crisis is full-blown, tough to get a loan, tough to get a mortgage. It takes time to repair banking balance sheets, but it happens. It takes time for lending to pick up, but it does happen. So there's increasing belief the financial sector is now getting to the point where investors can look beyond the current problems of a time when more normal conditions will develop. The financial stocks and the home builders are very attractively priced if you're looking for value. But your expectation has to be, how much longer do I have to wait? Because there is no right answer. We don't know how long it's going to take, but they're incredibly attractively priced as far as groups go. The labor market's improving. That helps the credit market. Credit market is improving. That helps economic growth. The elbow is attached to the jawbone. Hip bone. I, I, I don't know where the hell that elbow is attached. I'm just pretty damn sure it's attached somewhere, right? 
Go with me on that one, please. So the, there's not a lot of other big stories out there other than employment today. And it was good. And again, that's something we were looking forward to. And it's something we feel very, very comfortable with. So um, I can talk about the black market targeting corporate smartphones. You know, there's an angle there. there there's a story there. Sarkozy is best known, but he's also the least like European leader. Talk a little bit about how that plays out. Stocks are advancing today as job growth tops forecasts and expectations. Yesterday, we saw a report that credit is growing for the average household and wealth is growing for the average household in the United States. Today, we're seeing widespread gains. Citigroup and Anadarko Petroleum both up seven-tenths of a percent. That's nice to see because they're very different type of companies, right? We can sit back because the United States not going into recession. Europe, they're probably in a recession. So what do we have to look forward to? Europe coming out of recession? A little bit of that. Down the road, that'll be a plus. A company called Molycorp today, they're uh, up 8.2%. They lost two-thirds of their value in the last 10 months as demand for rare earth metals imploded. It's now seeking to boost shareholder returns with its biggest takeover. The owner of the largest rare earth deposit outside China yesterday agreed to buy neo-material technologies for about 1.3 billion Canadian. I know you're saying, there used to be a day when we'd laugh about the Canadian dollar. We'd say, like, the Canadian dollar has American dollar envy. We can't do that anymore. (laughs) Like, the American dollar is so pitiful, we can't make that joke anymore. We can still say that that Canada, all they really have that we care about, hockey, beer, and women. So I'm doing a seminar tomorrow. I know you're saying, you got to work six days this week. I know. That stinks, right? Doing a Money 101, finances, wealth creation, investing, talking about real estate, retirement planning, tips, estate planning, hints, basic concepts, uh, stocks that I own. I'm going to do that one from 9 to noon tomorrow at Santa Clara at the Tech Mart. Then in the afternoon, do the wealth preservation, retirement planning. So it's really two different events, one for people who want to create wealth, younger people who are still learning about the system, and one for people who've accumulated wealth. You can sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Coming up, we got CFP Chad Burton on AM 1220, KDOW. Stocks advance on Jobs Report from Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York. I'm Mark Mills. Stocks are up for a third day after the Labor Department said the economy added 227,000 jobs last month, more than forecast, with the unemployment rate holding at 8.3%. Greece pushed through the biggest sovereign debt restructuring in history, cutting its debt obligations by more than $130 billion and opening the way for a second rescue package. Mohamed Alarian, co-chief investment officer at PIMCO, says that bond deal does not solve Greece's financial problems. In Europe, we haven't really solved anything. Greece still has too much debt and nothing has been done to improve the growth rate of European economies. So in Europe, all we've done is we've pushed the problem back a little bit, but we haven't solved it. So that's still a headwind. Dow Jones Industrials up 25 points at 12,933. S&P 500 and NASDAQ both up about a quarter of a percent. The 10-year note down 830 seconds at 2.04%. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
As time rolls on, we're getting closer and closer to retirement. I just want you to have a lot of money in retirement so that you can live the way you want to live. I find it sad when I hear stories about old people eating cat food. I find it tragic when I hear stories about, you know, uh, the hoarders in retirement, people that are afraid to spend money, people that are misers, people that are panicked. And then I see stories like Goldie Hawn, who's 66 years old. And I remember being a young man thinking about Goldie Hawn in the movie Stripes and going, man, she's a good-looking chick. Was she in Stripes? No, she wasn't in Stripes. She was in Private Benjamin. That's what it was. See, now I'm getting old-timers disease, and I'm starting to remember things incorrectly. With that said, let's take a look at the market numbers this morning. Let's see how we're trading. Let's see how we're faring. Let's see how things are going. We have a good employment number to work with. Therefore, the market's being constructive. We've got the Dow up 45, the NASDAQ up 8, the S&P 500 up 5. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton. He is with New Focus Financial. You can find them online at newfocusfinancial.com. One of the areas that I find to be intriguing, again, there's a lot of components that go into retirement. There's mortgages and, and investing, and there's insurance, and there's budgeting. Mortgages, 30-year uh, versus 15-year, paying it off early, don't pay it off early. Let's talk about one of the greatest arguments that I've had in financial radio is I don't ever prepay a mortgage until I'm wealthy. What's your thoughts on that statement? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Your house is going to go up and down in value regardless of how much you put into it. And especially if you're buying in areas like you know, the Bay Area, yeah. where there could be an earthquake at any time, that type of level of risk, I want the bank in on it with me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because the worst thing that could happen to you is you could end up uh, you know, walking away from that deal with really bad credit for a while. <laughs> so, And that's better than... Or a tax bill. If you know, Right now, if, uh, if you walk away, short sell a home on your primary mortgage, it's, it's not going to be taxable in the past. It has been, so... Something that people don't acknowledge is they, they look at a mortgage and the first four letters are mort. You know, it's, it's death. It's not a positive word. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic word because where record rates were in, in low mortgage rates, that's heaven. Mm-hmm. You get to tax deduct some of your income off the interest. That's amazing. That's a huge benefit of a mortgage. Um, you get to write off the interest against your taxable income. That's, that's nice. Again, maybe that'll last forever. Maybe it won't last forever. But a mortgage is a cheap cost of money, Chad. Yeah. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And a lot of what you talk about is crap that readjusts for inflation. Like $100,000 in cost will be 200000 because it's readjusted for inflation. Your mortgage, your payment, 3000 a month, 4000 a month, it's the same. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And if it did, it, it would be a horrible product, but it doesn't. Well, and let's talk about the 15-year for a minute because 2011 was kind of a year where I first started saying, hey, you know, you should probably look at a 15-year mortgage to right. some people. Absolutely run the numbers. Because you can you can sit there and you can take your 30-year, which might have you know, 15 or 20 years left, refinance to a 15-year, possibly pay it off sooner. But again, that's that's because it's already going to be paid off in a shorter period of time or you're used to that payment. Um, I consistently find in states like Oregon and California where I have clients, the people that go into retirement with a mortgage, which can still be a deduction on your state income tax return, okay, um, and the people that have long-term care insurance, which also can create tax deductions for you, they end up paying less in state income taxes. So as long as your mortgage is over 150, 180,000, but if your mortgage is under that, you're not really getting much of a bang for your buck anymore because right. the, the mortgage interest deduction is so small. It's almost the same thing as if you just do what's called a standard deduction and you're not writing off your interest. So, you know, if, if people right now, your mortgage is only around $200,000, 
by all means, get it paid off by the time you retire because it's not really going to be a tax deduction for you anyways. It's a pretty powerful tool. There's an investor named Mullenkamp. Do you remember Mullenkamp? Yeah. yeah. He wrote an article about mortgages back in the 70s, and, and the theory that he threw out there was uh, it's not your home that goes up or down in value. It's the value of the mortgage that goes up or down in value. And it's a concept that most people just don't get, but I, I think it's genius, and it, it changes the way people approach real estate in my mind once you, once you grasp that concept. Yeah, it's not the, I mean, it's the affordability of the, the affordability mortgage of the that mortgage. determines the price of the home. And so the affordability of the mortgage is run by two issues, interest rates and wage inflation. So it's not, you know, it, it, well, location can come into play a little bit too, but if interest rates are super high, even the location doesn't matter. So I'm not big on the whole uh, mortgage burning book at the end of the 30 years. Like uh, my parents, they wanted to burn their mortgage book. You know, the, the coupons, the payments that they sent in, they'd have a mortgage burning party. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most powerful tool on the planet. It, it even allows me to sell my real estate without selling it by taking out another mortgage against it. So I think it's, it's unbelievably flexible, and it should be a word that inspires awe, not fear. Right, and there's a certain way to look at financial planning, and some people look at it, I want to maximize every dollar, and that's my number one goal. There's other people that look at it and say, this is, what I want money to do for me is to simplify my life and my family's life. So some people could say, I want my mortgage paid off because that's what makes me feel comfortable in retirement. It might not be the best use of each dollar, but it makes them feel comfortable. And there's a lot to be said for being as comfortable as possible and having as few payments in retirement. Some people, that's their main goal. And, and so don't be ashamed if your goal is to pay off your house. But um, just realize that it might not be the most maximum use of each dollar. Absolutely. And again, I, if you're poor, pay off your mortgage because you have a mortgage on a trailer and it's 18%. And if you're super wealthy, pay it off because it's an inconvenience to send in a mortgage payment. And everyone else should, should, should let it go. Just pay it on time is the, is the trick and the important thing. You're listening to me, Rob Black, with CFP Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. So investors are dealing with all sorts of content and change these days. For instance, we're now starting to see dividend-producing stocks are starting to get a little bit more special attraction. People like stocks that pay them. It's an investment, Right. Um, lower than usual tax rates brought on by the Bush tax cuts have basically lowered you know, what we pay on, on dividends as far as our taxes. That's going to change. So 15% of that tax rate is lowest since 1941. The arrangement is set to expire in 2010. It's set to go to 20%. So suddenly your rate of return will be a little bit lower. Taxes on dividends now stand at 15%. They could rise to as high as 39.6%. That would be an effective 164% tax increase for some of the wealthy people in the highest tax brackets. While lawmakers could change that plan, some advisors say it isn't soon. You know, we got to start talking about it. So I love companies like AT&T that yield 6%, Verizon 5.5%, but if the tax rate goes to 39%, screw it, they're out. If the tax rate goes to 20%, maybe I still keep them. It's something we have to start thinking about. It's As an investor, there's always change that you have to take a look at. Now, technology is something that changes, obviously, incredibly fast. We recently saw IBM's new Opto chip. It transfers 1 trillion bits per second. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? IBM has made a big step forward in improving the bandwidth with their announcement that they've developed a parallel optical transceiver dubbed the the Holy 
OptoChip. It's capable of transferring information at the rate of 1 trillion bits per second. It's eight times faster than currently available on optical components. What are we going to do with that? Create wormholes? Go back in time? Meet our younger selves? I don't know. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We can talk about leasing a car, buying a car. We can talk about how to get a mortgage. Mortgage is an incredibly powerful financial tool. Clearly, it's the biggest thing that you're going to buy in your life. Next stat would be a car. Car depreciating asset. We all know that. Home appreciating asset over time, sometimes. When adjusted for the cost of inflation, it's not as good as you think it is. Because you're still going to need a place to live. I've met a lot of people who've made money in real estate, typically by buying a house and owning it for 20, 30, 40 years. I don't find a lot of people who can flip. Let's talk about some of the things that are on your mortgage that you need to be aware of. To get a mortgage, you need to have character. Character is a measure of what your credit, what kind of credit you have been extended in the past. Are you a teenage, pimply little pipsqueak where your only credit is maybe a jewelry store at 18%, 20%? Or have you bought a mortgage and paid it back in a timely fashion? Character is by far the most important thing on getting a mortgage. Lender ranks the importance of each of your existing and past debts when measuring capacity. In descending order, the more important we can have, you know, good credit. You have to have good character. You have to have good capacity. Capacity means mortgage borrowers should use between 28 and 35% of your gross pre-tax income for mortgage payments and 33 to 45% for all debts. And then you need to save some money and you need to eat no more than 45% of your money should be going to servicing debts every month. Period. If it is, you're in over your head and you will probably fail. Need some good uh, collateral. That's important. Down payment. Typically 10 to 20% is the way to go. When you are in life, you know, I said a a house is probably the biggest thing you buy. Second biggest would be a car, right? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe a boat. Maybe a second house. But a car is a big one. I tend to buy two-year-old cars. Kind of because I'm cheap. Yeah, maybe a little bit of that. Frugal, yeah. 
But also, I don't care about cars. Cars don't define me as a person in any way, shape, or form. I'm not like, I've got a BMW that I can't afford. I can afford a Mercedes if I want one, but I don't want one. Like, I, I see it as a depreciating asset. I see it as something that slowly but surely goes to zero. I work too hard. You know, uh, it's not like I'm on a pole dancing or anything like that, but I do work hard for my money. So hard for my money. I know, someone's going to get that reference. And someone's not going to get that reference, and they're going to think I'm a, you know, crazy. Um, couple other things, you know. I think if you're going to lease a car, that's fine. If you can tie it to your business, that's great. But how many miles do you drive a year is a real important one. Insurance is a big story that we don't talk enough about on this show. I saw that home insurance is going through the roof. <laughs> I know you're saying, did he really just do that? Oh. oh, I'll be here all day. Home insurance is going through the roof. It's been rising for the last couple of years. Premiums now are expected to jump another 5% this year. The average premium for a homeowner, $1,000 and 4 bucks. So we've gone through the $1,000 mark for the average person. That's pretty crazy. Faced with falling home prices and climbing maintenance costs, struggling homeowners are hit with higher insurance costs. Premiums will rise higher in some states than others. California is always going to be an expensive state. The higher premiums are coming at a challenging time for American homeowners as millions are behind on their mortgage payments and many owe more than the home is actually worth. And they look at that insurance and they're like, yeah, who cares? I'm, I'm not going to make it through this crisis. Insurers return about 70% of their assets are in bonds. So their returns on investments have been pretty low in the last couple of years. So when interest rates are at 0 to 1%, insurance companies have to raise premiums a little bit more aggressively because most of those assets that they're taking from you on the monthly payments are going into bonds, 70%. Catastrophe losses in the United States in 2011, $35.9 compared in 2000 to 2010 average of about $23.8 billion. So... Last year was pretty expensive, an extra $12 billion that the insurance companies have to cover. So, of course, they're going to be raising rates. And again, it, it stinks to be you and me, but I think you kind of understand it. I hope you kind of understand it. Uh, low interest rates, what are they to do? February jobless rate for whites dropped to 7.3%, but black unemployment rose to 14.1%, Hispanic at 10.7%. That's a pretty crazy statistic. Oftentimes on the show, I say I'm blessed to have born a white guy with a family that pushed for college education and that lived on coastal areas of the United States. My father was in the military. If my father, he was born and raised in St. Louis. My mother was born and raised in Mobile, Alabama. Had I been raised where my parents were born and raised, I would be like at a car dealership right now. I would be a finance officer at a car dealership, or I'd be selling like car parts, or I'd be selling insurance. I would never have gotten out. I feel blessed. And when I see statistics like this, unemployment's for whites, 7.3%, black unemployment, 14.1%. That's almost double. Just because your skin color, Hispanics at 10.7%. 
February jobless rate for people 25 plus with a bachelor's degree is at 4.2%. Now do you see why I'm I'm happy to be a white guy with a college degree? High school grads, 8.3% unemployment. No high school diploma, 12.9%. Best thing you can do as a parent is push your kids to go to a four-year school. Now you can do a two-year school and two-year, you know, the final two years of college. That's fine. I think your kid misses out a little bit on the college experience. I think the college experience is not overrated. I think a lot of kids do a lot of growing up in the college experience. So, anyway... I guess I'm kind of rambling here, and I shun it. Google paid Apple $1 billion to be the default search engine on Apple. That's kind of a, a fun little statistic, right? Google paid $1 billion to be the default search engine. Now, clearly, it's probably paid off for them, but at some point in time, don't you think Apple's going to get into search? What's stopping them? What's stopping them, right? What's stopping them? Like, there's a whole business there. Google has a whole business tied towards search. What's stopping Apple from getting into search? Nothing. There's no barriers to entry. Now, moving away from Google Maps, Apple has come out with what seems to be their own mapping system because they've been buying a little map companies here and there. Is that going to hurt Google? Probably not in the short term. But in the long term, it's telling you Apple is willing to abandon Google in Maps. Apple could abandon Google in Search. And then suddenly you look at Google's market cap and you say, why doesn't Apple have something close to that? Now, I own shares of Apple, and clearly I'm smitten. <laughs> Good use of the word smitten. Uh, the only other word better than smitten has to be mitten, Right. Funny statistic that came out today, 63% of Americans think the United States is still in a recession. That's kind of interesting, right? Telling you that, you know, our economy doesn't feel all that good for some part of America. I feel fine. But again, I'm smitten with mittens. You're saying it's Friday, I can tell. Yes, it is. Speaking of which, I used to have a twin bed when I was a kid. And that really explains why, like, I'm a massive insomniac in this day and age. Because I always wonder where my, 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 my twin was, right? Where is he? I kind of look like, um, the only celebrity I kind of look like, it's, uh, there's two. It's kind of like a, a bloated James Spader, some people say. But I don't see it. But... Anyway, I'll, I'll change the topic. Dollars advancing today, aggressively against other currencies. Um, there's some fear about Europe. There's a little bit of a buy on the rumor, sell on the news. Now that Europe and Greece is going through their default action that people feel pretty comfortable with, Greece's debt swap met with strong demand, as was speculated. There's kind of a sell the news. And what should be good news for Europe It's sell the euro. Buy on the rumor, sell on the news. Monthly payrolls reports have been better than expected, but that fact is dampening hopes for further monetary stimulus. On one hand, we're creating jobs, and that's good. That should increase interest rates over time. On the other hand, it's bad because that's going to increase interest rates over the middle term. 
So we're not very happy with that. So we've got a, a kind of a funky market today. Dow's up 51, NASDAQ up 18, SP 500 up 7, Apple's up 5. A little bit of a leader. Oil's at $107 a barrel. Seminar coming up this weekend, Santa Clara Tech Mart. Still have about 10 spaces plus left. You can sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back on AM 1220, KDOW. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? You tell me. We'll take a look at the markets. We'll take a look at investing. We'll see what we can talk about, what we can figure out, see what's working for us. Looks like I have a phone call. I see someone online. There we go. Maybe we just need to work it out. Um... Let's take a look at the markets. What do we have? For some reason, I wasn't ready for the show this this hour. Stocks are advancing. There we go. Following my natural rhythm, stocks are advancing. S&P 500 index, third straight day. Now, keep in mind, we went three down days. Now, we've got three up days. So, we're not exactly ready to declare victory, but it is interesting to note. Um, that we had a pause that was met with, ah, we're refreshed. Let's go back higher. So the Dow's up 48, the NASDAQ's up 19, the S&P 500 is up 8. Let's go to CFP, Chad Burton. Chad Burton, how are you today? Great. Looking forward to tomorrow. Looking forward to tomorrow. A seminar in Santa Clara at the lovely Tech Mart. Free parking, easy parking, good event, good seminar, good coffee. What else do we have to look forward to, Mr. Burton? Some muffins and pastries. Not it. <laughs> so that's always nice. Yeah, so. there you go. So you basically run the event in the afternoon. I run the event in the morning. Um, with that said, they are very different events. You're a little bit more serious, a little bit more PowerPoint-oriented. I'm a little bit more funny. <laughs> so you think. So I you think. You are your biggest fan. I am my biggest fan. I'm kind of a big deal, in case you didn't know. What are your thoughts on the job report this morning? You know, it's kind of clear that the U.S. is kind of the prettiest house on the block right now in a, in a city of, of uh, not-so-great neighborhoods. It's the way that I look at it because of the debt problems. And I'm not really worried about this year or even next year because we have so much quantitative easing, so much liquidity being pumped into the market. And I'll talk about the event, too, but the Fed's balance sheet has almost doubled. Not almost up, I'm sorry, it's up about 40% since the quantitative easing started, which means some money had to be printed for the Fed to go out and buy some bonds, right, into our own U.S. Treasuries. And how those mature in the next two years and how they're used to buy longer-term bonds to keep interest rates low 
how that works along with our Congress and, and administration looking to freeze spending to, so the economy starts to grow to keep up with the level of spending that the government is doing. That's what concerns me in the long run. And I think that people are going to have to be vigilant in two years from now, not only on bonds and what type of bonds they're investing in, but also with the stock market, because we are on a path of Japan and eventually Greece, Spain, and Italy if things don't change. So I think that uh, if they do change, Rob, I think that we're, we can have a great, great bull market ahead. If they don't, I think people are going to have to look to alternative assets. But I'm a half, you know, tough half bull kind of a guy, so I'm pretty positive. I think we'll get out of this. I think we'll be in the right direction because we can look at tiny little countries like Greece that don't mean a lot in the long run and uh, learn how to fix our problems. Well, Greece has pushed the bond holders into record debt swap. Um, so it's it's historic. It's not, you know, again, it's the size of the city of Houston. You know, it's, it's a tiny economy, all things considered. But you're coming across as pretty negative. You're coming uh, well, across as pretty dead. We have to. I, I think, Rob, we have to as a country to really get through this issue because we're spending way too much money. The tax code is a disaster. I mean, this is one of the worst tax years I've ever seen because of the new cost basis reporting rules. People, anybody that's doing their tax returns, if they have significant taxable accounts and realized gains and losses and trying to report that this year is, is a total nightmare. Um, things need to be simplified so that people have certainty and they can know what they're going to pay in taxes, even if taxes have to increase slightly. Um, they, they, we just need some certainty here. Now, I'm not a racist, but I do separate my colors from my whites in, la- in laundry. Um, did you see the statistics in, in employment this morning where black Americans, 14% unemployment, white Americans, 7%. That's rough. Um, it's actually, you know, um, what is the actual number? 7.3% for whites and 14.1% for blacks. Are there two different economies out there, in your opinion? Oh, absolutely. And you know what? It's not capitalism that's doing it. So this, the whole Occupy thing, you know, if we're going to get started on this, is a total... <laughs> let's let's get because, started on this. I can tell you're excited. Well, no, it's because, you, you know, having visited a few of them, I literally would say... You don't have a job because you have neck tattoos and earrings the size of silver dollars. Okay, now that's pretty insensitive for you to say. I don't really care. Uh, you know, people make their own choices in life. But the problem is, is that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you could have made the choice to go to college to get financial aid to go. Now it's becoming too expensive. And it's not what's going on in capitalism. It's going on what's going on in government. And it's... it's, it's the current entitlement programs that we have are creating the problem of the have and the have-nots. It destroys middle class, and you can, all you have to do is look at any type of communistic type of society and, and go from there. And that's what I'm afraid of in the long term. And, and right now, our senior citizens are getting killed in retirement because the feds have created this artificially low interest rate environment where they can't make any money on their CDs, which will be followed eventually by times of inflation, which is also tough on senior citizens. So the way that people have to invest to get income and yield is very important. That's one of the things we talk about is how do you create the right type of income in retirement in an extremely low-yielding environment like this, where people are having to look to stocks to have more of a dividend yield than bonds. And um, so I think we're in terms of, of having to be more active on the investing side in the next 10 years, because if you look at the S&P 500 and you pull out Apple, their earnings growth from fourth quarter 2010 to fourth quarter 2011 was not impressive, Rob. It wasn't, if you take out Apple. But there's specific companies out there 
that did have impressive earnings growth. But the S&P 500 as a whole, if you take out Apple and maybe the top five companies, you're close to a negative growth rate. Now, you and I are both financial people, and we both work in the industry, and oftentimes I'm like, I don't have variable life. I don't know anyone who has variable life. But mm-hmm. you and I do make bad financial decisions. Every time I go to Mexico, I'll buy like a uh, a bronze donkey for 20 bucks that it's a future lawn sale for 75 cents. Like, we do make bad decisions. Anything you buy in Mexico is on basically a future garage sale, right? <laughs> sure. I'll go with that. I don't really have too much else other than that. <laughs> I'd, I'd sell mud That's if I knew bronze. how to make it. I'd sell mud if I knew how to make it. Bronze donkey. <laughs> you, you never bought a bronze donkey? Did you pick that up in Tijuana? Um, big old mariachi hats. Gotta love mariachi music. You know, incredibly sexy. The britches with the silver things going up the leg. Crazy cool. Go. I'm gonna travel from city to city playing the mariachi guitar and making women crazy and men jealous. <laughs> Not gonna work, is it? Forget radio and TV. That's over. That's that's old news. I'm just gonna become a mariachi man with the, the black pants and the silver things going up. It it does it does look cool. If you if I film that, you may get more hits on YouTube than you do right now. Okay. Are you are you knocking my YouTube hits right now? No, no. How, how's the YouTube channel going? Ah, uh, two hundred eighty people. But it's two hundred eighty people who love me and adore me. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I know it, it should be about two thousand by now, but it's not. You know, you, you don't really mention the Facebook page that much either. No, yeah, the Facebook page is two thousand people, and my email list is thirteen thousand. So you can see that I'm pretty dominant there. That's right. People can contact me, and I'll put them on my email list, and I'll send out newsletters. Um, like I sent out one yesterday. And the big theme there was the economy is doing well, despite everyone's um, fascination with Greece. Yeah, if you look at that, and you can also look around the world and see when, I mean, kind of a good example of of what times and when you invest. Ah, uh, too uh, bad. No more Chad Burton. We're out of time. Uh, we'll talk about that at the event then. Big event tomorrow, Santa Clara Tech Mart. You can sign up at robblack.com. Chad is a financial planner. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Tomorrow we're doing two events, one from 9 to noon and one from 1 to 4. Learn about them at robblack.com. It's a gain of 0.4%. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Not sure if you've seen this Coney 2012 viral video that's 29 minutes long that's out there. Um, it's pretty powerful stuff. Uh, everyone's talking about it, and, you know, it's clearly about this leader in South Africa that's uh, leader in Africa, excuse me, not South Africa. Got to be very correct in this. And He's recruiting children and doing horrible things with them, you know, putting guns in their hands. I had a scout leader just like that when I was in scouts as a kid. We celebrated him. Coney, we tried to take him down. Too soon for a joke about a horrible, brutal dictator taking advantage of children? Probably. But I got to try. Got to try. Now, 
Let's take a look at Wall Street. Let's take a look at what's working and not working on Wall Street today. We got the Dow up 51, the Nasdaq up 19, the S&P 500 up 8. We have a good day. Ultimately, what's going well is jobs growth. There's nothing else really hitting anything exciting. Deficit hits a three-year high. The U.S. trade deficit surged to the widest imbalance in more than three years in January as imports hit an all-time high, reflecting big demand for foreign-made products. Bit of a, uh, an addiction we have, right? We want jobs made in America, but at the same time, we want cheap goods. Economists are looking for the deficit this year to widen from last year's $560 billion imbalance, reflecting in part the economic woes in Europe. Represents about 20% of America's export market. A wider deficit can depress economic growth because it usually means fewer export-related jobs. Again, we want the cheap stuff. We're addicted to it. Starbucks is going to sell a single-serving coffee machine. It's got an incredibly awkward name that I'll probably brutalize more than once. But a single-cup coffee machine that let people brew lattes and other coffee drinks at home. It's called the Verismo. V-E-R-I-S-M-O. It's going to go on sale online at high-end specialty stores and some Starbucks cafes this fall. It's keeping the price of the machine a mystery for the time being. Starbucks first entered the single-serve market with its Via Ready Brew Instant Coffee in 2009, and they started selling K-Cup packs for Green Mountain Coffee in November. So this is really rough news for uh, Green Mountain Coffee. They're down about 16%. Howard Schultz, who runs Starbucks, says, This is not about any disappointment with Green Mountain. It's about controlling our own destiny. They can and they will coexist. Schultz said the new machine was part of a broad-based long-term strategy. I like it. I think people want to brew Starbucks in their own home. I think they like the single cup serving. Who who makes pots of coffee anymore? Pots of coffee stink. Is that a call online? I don't have my call screen up. Should I, should I get off my hiney and put it up? Let's get a poll from Vancouver. How are you, Paul? How are you doing, Rob? I'm okay at best. Hey, um... First of all, I'd like to thank you for never giving up, uh, you know, you know tell, talking to people on about how to save and how to retire and things like that. Okay, I've been listening to you um, for, you know, since 1998, really. And, um, and also, I would like, you know, you introducing Chad. Well, we contacted him soon after you introduced him, and you're both our, um, my fiduciaries, so... And um, everything is going great. I'm sleeping nights, um, things like that. You've, but anyways, you've uh, got to stop being nice to me, huh? No, you, I'm not. I'm not selling Rob Black. You never sold a thing, so I thought maybe I'd. But anyways, hey, wait, wait, wait. Are you a big enough fan to get a Rob Black tattoo? Uh, you know, where did you want it? <laughs> Forehead. Okay. Forehead. Uh, it's got to cover the L. You know, actually, I heard a funny line. Yeah. A, f- a five head. Five head. Which is someone with a really big forehead. Oh, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, actually, everybody's getting that, aren't they? Nah, but, no. Anyway. Yeah. I, but, but anyways. First person to a Rob Black tattoo, I'll, I'll take him to dinner. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, it has to be a big picture of me, though. Like, you okay. can't just say robblack.com. It's got to be all about me. Glorified me. Right. Well, anyways, um, I'm glad you call uh, Chad the uh, king of the, the finance, um, financial wizard or whatever and uh instead of what you call wendy 
hello. Who's Wendy? Uh, Wendy, uh, the queen of the NASDAQ. And went in back in the 90s, late 90s. I don't even remember that. I had someone on named Wendy who was reporting Uh, from the the NASDAQ? Well, no, when you were at the show back in Washington, D.C. I don't even remember that. Yeah, I should do. Okay, wait. I I don't. I. I, I do my. This is my job. I do this every day. This is boring I don't remember to me. The 60s. You don't remember the 90s. That's okay. No, no. See, this is my job. I do this every day. So yeah. I do outrageous, stupid stuff every day, and I, I don't remember it. Right. It's because it's well, my job. But you remember it because you think it's cute and right. funny. You know, it's kind of ironic. You um, and Chad are having a. Uh, I've been to many of your, um, a few of your um, seminars, but uh, this is the 12-year anniversary on uh, the dot-com burst when it went over 5,000. Now, is that ironic, or is that a coincidence? No, no it's, it's a coincidence. Yeah, it's a coincidence. Okay. There's really no I'll, I'll go for that. But anyways, uh, you have time for a short story? Uh, got nothing but time here. Okay, good. All right. Well, anyways, um, back, um, well, 12 years ago, I'm driving home from work. Um, 6.06, you'd come on in the morning, and you'd, you'd tell about what, how the market was going to uh, work out, you know, or, and you says there's going to be great vigor, and you know, and everybody is up 35 percent for the year. Keep diversification in mind, you know, and stocks and funds and stuff like that. So um, I got home, went to sleep on the couch or whatever, and I didn't dream about Rob Black, uh, but I woke up 15 minutes prior to the uh, the close of the market, and. Um, the dial-up couldn't get on fast enough. So what I did, uh, I just decided to diversify by um, selling 99% of all seven funds and um, uh, and then take care of it the next day after the market. But there was no next day. That was when the bubble burst. Kinda that's a ironic. great story. No, that's not ironic. Well, it would be know, ironic if the earth ended and you wanted to sell the next day. That's right. Well, but anyways, the, there's no irony in, in the well, earth still being there. It, it took me weeks to think that the IT, uh, um, the FTC, um, you know, was going to be after me for um, causing the burst or something. You know, it, it worked out pretty good, anyhow. But, is there any chance you've been drinking? No, I, I just woke up. This is you're in my bedtime. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I I think it was a, a cup of coffee. But anyways, so anyways, um, I sent a Chad uh, up there to shout a couple of drinks um, tonight or whenever you guys get together. Um, and but I'd like you to tip one for his uh, grandfather, um, Mr. Finch. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the call. You listen, to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black on AM 1220, KDOW.
phone lines are now open. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So a couple things that I truly believe in are very simple. I don't fight the market. I don't fight capitalism. Capitalism works. Anytime a company says the word accounting irregularity, I sell. I don't like that. If I'm going to invest in a company, I want to know that they can do their math. If a company has to restate their financials, Cut and run. I don't look at it as a bargain. I look at it as risk mitigation. I don't buy IPOs that are less than a year old. I don't date women under 18 years old. I've got standards. It may sound like a lot of fun, but it ain't fun. An IPO that's less than a year old hasn't been through a good market, hasn't been through a bad market. It hasn't been publicly traded. It's baby. I don't buy dogs with fleas. A dog with fleas is a company that's problems. Research in motion is a dog with fleas. You get more than one of those and you got a kennel and you got a problem. I diversify among sectors. I look for quarter over quarter, year over year. I classify a stock as a long-term accumulate or short-term trade. Short-term trade, I'm out if it dips 15%. Long-term accumulate, I'm in more if it dips 15%. Now, again, that rule doesn't work every single time. But, like, for instance, a Wells Fargo, if it dips 15%, I'll buy. An Apple, I'll look for more like a 20%. If I'm buying a a company like a Rackspace, I'm looking for a 40% dip. Never sit on a spike. Now, that's good, good... Advice in a good economy. That's good advice if, like, you're a kid and you're like, you see a tent spike, like, I'm going to sit on that. Don't do it. If you trade a stock and it spikes up for you, if you bought Apple thinking you're going to make some fast money and you make fast money, you take it and you move on. Because then you're starting to change your idea. Like, this was a trade and now I'm going to hold it a little bit longer. It did what you wanted it to do. I'm not a big bottom fisher. From what I hear, catfish sit at the bottom and they're like some ugly fish. I'm not that guy. I'm not looking for ugly. I'm looking for high quality. You know, Warren Buffett has a lot of sayings out there that maybe one day I'll have a lot of sayings. He says things like pain today, gain tomorrow. The critical investment factor in determining the intrinsic value of a business and paying a fair or bargain price. Can you determine the intrinsic value? He says never invest in a business you can't understand. He says risk can be greatly reduced by concentrating on just a few holdings. He says buy companies with strong histories of profitability and with a dominant business franchise. Warren Buffet is not a dumb man. He says focus on return on equity, not earnings per share. That's a good one. Turn around, seldomly turn. Ask the question, is management rational? Does the business have favorable long-term prospects? 
So I got some thou shall not. I'm not very biblical, but thou shall not buy IPOs during their first year. Thou shall not use money as a tool. Thou shalt diversify. Thou shall not trade on margin. It's so funny because 15 years ago, everyone I knew and their friends were trading on margin. Now today, no one is. That's to me, I mean, maybe that's not funny to you. Maybe it's like not a knee slapper, but I find that interesting. Things change pretty quickly. You know, uh, take a look back uh, at computers, for instance. 1998, Amazon.com's market value surpasses Barnes & Noble and Borders combined. Bar- Amazon.com went through some rough periods. But that's what we were talking about in, you know, just uh, 1998. In one year of being a company, they went public in 1997, and then one year later, they're worth more than Barnes Noble and Borders. And now those companies barely even exist, right? Borders is gone. Barnes Noble's on the way out. In 1986, Microsoft's IPO'd for split just 15 cents. So a lot of technology changes, a lot of fast. 1971, Intel introduced the microprocessor, computer on a chip. 1972, the first email was sent. I got to imagine 1972, the first spam email was sent as well. Amazing we still haven't been able to quite figure out spam. It's gotten a lot better, but we still haven't been able to figure it out. Do you remember Y2K? People thought the end of the earth, or end of the earth was going to happen. It didn't. Y2K ended up being a huge bust. Now, did we say there was a lot of businesses in 98, 99 that you could invest in that would come in and, and save your code? Recode for you at the last second so that your paychecks went out. We recode for you. It was one of those computer glitches that people didn't count on. But Y2K, I mean, there was investment themes around that, which I find awesome now in hindsight. A couple pieces of advice that I give to the generic person out there. I think Generation X needs the most advice because our parents got the benefit of of an expanding economy. Our parents got the benefit of a, a younger capitalism. Now we're starting to become a more mature society, economically speaking. And it's going to be tougher. And I want you to have every advantage that you can have, whether it be education or whether it be experience. Generation X needs to avoid social pressures. Generation Y needs to avoid Generation Y seems to get it a little bit more. Like my board up seven He's got a daughter who's not crazy and doesn't go out and, and spend money on credit cards. And, you know, she's not racking up like stereo expenses. Like my generation, we did. The first moment we could get our hands on credit, we exploited it. We bought stupid stuff that we didn't really need. Kids today, they're more frugal and they have fun. One thing you have to be as a younger person investing is disciplined. You have to be disciplined. You have to max out the 401k. I hate maxing out my 401k, but I still do it. And at, at that point where it maxes out for the year, the rest of my paychecks are fat because I'm not putting that 15% away. I'm like, sweet. I could have that feeling all year round, right? But then when I turn 60 and I have no money, I'm in trouble because I'm not the, the crafty kind of guy. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty crafty. Do you know I harvest worms? I know you're saying, you're, yeah, I compost worms. I got worm composts. So I've got like probably about 8,000 worms at home. I know you're saying... That's a good selling point. 
women find you very attractive. You've got a worm farm. I know, I know. And what's funny about it is, uh, as a kid, I, I was not a kid who played with worms. I was kind of a sissy pants. To become a millionaire, you need to start saving $1,000 a year at age 20. And by age 60, you'll have a million dollars. If you wait till age 25, it's $1,700 a year. At age 30, it's $2,900 a year or $250 a month. At age 35, it's $5,000 a year to become a millionaire. Jump to 45, it's 15600 That's $1,300 a month. So in 15 years, it goes from 250 a month to 1300 And if you wait till 55 to start saving, it's $60,000 a year, about $5,000 every month. So do you, want, do you see why you want to start saving early? If you're going to buy investments, you have to. If you're going to buy investments, you have to look at SEC filings if they're stocks. You have to. You know, SEC filings are pretty dull. They'll say things like our auditors have qualified their report on financial statements with respect for our ability to continue on as a growing concern. And that statement is innocuous when when thought about. But when you start digging into it, it basically says we may not be able to go forward. And you wouldn't want to invest in that. You look for SEC statements that say we need additional capital. You look for SEC statements that say we have a limited operating history and may experience risks. We have, you look for SEC statements that say things like our business model is unproven. And you avoid those kind of companies. You stay away from them. You have no interest in them. There's no value in that. Let me tell you a quick story about a guy I once met named Alberto Villar. He ran the Amarindo Tech Fund. In some years, this fund would be up 100 plus percent. So Vilar is one of those really quiet guys. He kind of talks like this. He makes you listen to every word he says. So I met Vilar, and uh, what was interesting is um, he'd give a lot of money away. He'd give like 10 million to the New York Opera. Incredibly classy guy. Super high-end guy. Very smart guy. His investments worked out. He made me, he gave me a lot of good investment tips. One of them was a company called Amati, which was a DSL company, which basically sped up the internet. To this day, we still want our internet faster. So it's a company that you you know pay premium for their equipment, right? So anyway, flash up a couple of years later after I had met him. Turns out the guy was a fraud. Turns out he was taking his investors' money and giving it to the opera. And thus getting more clients because people are like, ooh, I'm impressed with him. He's a guy that gives millions of dollars to the opera. He's a guy that supports the arts. He's a guy that, and what he was doing was was, was fake. You know, he, he was kind of like the George Jefferson. He, he was moving on up, but he didn't really pay his dues. He didn't really do it the right way. He went to jail. And, you know, he was the head of a great mutual fund. He didn't have to. He just let money get the best of him. Don't be that person. I'm Rob Black. I'm going to be at the seminar this weekend at the Tech Mart in Santa Clara. You can find out more information at robblack.com, AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. 
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. This hour I've gone into a lot of theory, a lot of rhetoric. Um, some of these hours just, they go that kind of direction. You know, I have to remind you that things change because for some reason in the investment world, we tend to make the same mistakes again and again and again and again and again. You know, for instance, do you remember the globe.com? Stop and think about that for just a second. The globe.com, it was the first real internet company to come and go. Instead of exploding to the upside, the first judgment was right. It underperformed. It was an aggregator of users around common themes. That's not a business. It's a concept. A lot of times we invest in concepts and not businesses. Earthweb, kind of a hotjobs.com. Hotjobs.com was kind of a monster.com. Monster, like, do you remember hotjobs.com? You have to remember some of these horrible investments. UBID was a poor man's eBay. How about Internet America, ticker symbol geek? It was an ISP in the Southwest, an ISP, Internet Service Provider. Or how about Zapata? Zapata was a fish oil company, and uh, they went from 12 to 250 as soon as they said they had a dot-com strategy. It was a company that crushed fishes, made oil, that suddenly said, we have a dot-com strategy. Or you might remember Zybernaut. It was a wearable computer story. A Zybernaut. I can't make this stuff up. It's kind of funny. Zybernaut made a kind of... What was going to be used for, like, um, pole climbers, and by pole climbers, I don't mean strippers. By pole climbers, I mean people who work on telephone companies. So, I don't know. Some of these concepts are tough to sell, and, you know, Zybernaut was making, you know, computers so people can look at digital wiring schematics while they're up on a pole. And we were like, one day, everyone will wear computers. Amazon.com, you know, it, it, when it first came out, we had to sell it as a story of it's basically an electronic Sears or an electronic Walmart. It wasn't something that made a lot of sense to a lot of people. AutoWeb.com was one of those, you know, uh, companies that was going to change the world of how we buy cars. And to this day, we still go in and meet the salesperson and meet the finance guy. Quick bit of advice. When meeting financial people... Don't talk. One of the things, one of the tricks in the insurance industry, one of the tricks in the, like, the financial industry of trying to get people to upsell is you wait for them to say what they want. You wait for them to say, you wait for them to break. So whenever I buy a car and you go into that financing guy's office, I just don't say a word. It's pretty humorous because the two of us will sit there quietly for a good 10 minutes. But... The person that breaks first, the person that breaks first, loses. So I probably shouldn't tell you that. I probably should let you continue to, anyway, continue uh, down the road that you're on. Um, How about this? This is kind of fun. Do you remember Lycos and InfoSeek and Excite and Yahoo and AOL? Like The only one who survived is Yahoo, and they're holding on weekly at best, to say the least. So Amy sent me an email, 
And she goes, hi, Rob, you came to a CTA conference over the summer and said we could send you questions that come up. Here's mine. I'm debating between saving for retirement with a 401k or universal life insurance policy. We do not have price matching with our 401k and the fees that they charge are about one and a half to 2% per year. I'm 26 years old. I'm leaning towards life insurance. They charge an average three quarters of 1%. They have said that when you retire, you get loans of your money. So it continues to gain interest while you're in retirement. The downside you see is they're capping your earnings at 10%. Anything over that they take as profit. They guarantee a 2% return. See, this is one of the big problems that they're misleading. They're excluding facts. Universal life insurance is one of the worst investments you can make because it's not an investment, it's insurance. It's insurance that has some components of investing. You don't need life insurance your whole life. This is a mistake that a young woman who's a teacher is being sold, typically by a guy who comes into the school with pizzas. And teachers love guys with pizzas. Teachers love guys with business suits. Because let's face it, they're in a career that isn't glorious. It's got a great retirement benefit if you can make it. They get sold advice in the lunchroom. Do you want to take financial advice in 10 minutes when you have to get back to the kids? Or do you want to you know, stop and think about it? Do you want to take advice from someone who's bringing in pizza? Like beware sheep in wolves clothing, right? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Beware wolves in sheep clothing. <laughs> sheep in wolves clothing? Cross-dressing sheep. Beware of cross-dressing sheep. That's my... Right. Sometimes I don't even know what comes out of my own mouth. With that said, um, you don't need life insurance your whole life. And you definitely don't need life insurance to be an investment. And she has other options. The school district has options with Fidelity. they got options with Vanguard. She's just looking very narrowly at what she thinks her options are. So she needs to dig a little bit deeper. She needs to become informed on what's being offered. I would much rather have a 401k. See, teachers have a pension plan, but it's only going to cover about 60% of their cost of living in retirement. They have to supplement it, and they don't get the Social Security that you and I get. So it ain't glorious being a teacher, if you know what I'm saying. It's okay. They are the salt of the earth, by the way. Those are That's our future. If you don't think your teacher's important, and you should ask every teacher of, of your students, is there anything I can get you for your classroom? Every parent needs to get involved with their teachers and help support that classroom. Because typically the teacher does it themselves. The Dow's up 45, the NASDAQ up 21, the S&P 500 up 8. I'll be in Santa Clara this weekend, Saturday. From 1 to 4 and from 9 to noon at the Tech Mart. There's a lot of information at robblack.com. I promise you'll learn something. And I'll go over a lot of the stocks that I own. So there's a lot of bonuses in this. Sign up at robblack.com right now. Over 600. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.